symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. And we are live on the Clark Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to Sky Watchers Radio with your host, Jesse Randolph, Rick Osman, and myself, Angel Espino. Welcome, guys. Hey there. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Greetings. We have a new home, apparently, for the show here. Yes, this is uh, not video. Now we're on audio only on the Clark Radio Network, our new home for Sky Watchers Radio. Exciting stuff is happening, guys. We have just joined the Clark Radio Network, and uh, we're excited to be here. It's going to be a great time. We have a lot of great stuff in the near future coming up on this show. In fact, we have a guest already lined up for this week. Wow. And let me ask you this. How many people, especially of the female persuasion... <laughs> my favorite uh, my favorite kind of people, yes. The female gender is... How many how many females do you think are, are disappointed that we no longer are on video? Hmm. Can you count them on one hand, or do you think I, it might be more? I think I can probably count them on one finger, but that's another story. Yes. You know what? <laughs> I'm just saying, is, is there more females disinterested or bummed out that we're not on video anymore? Are there more females than people who have come out and talked about their employment at Area 51? What do you think? No, but I have gotten a couple of uh, video mail from women crying their eyes out. Video the fact mail. They're not, that they're not going to be able to stare at your picture on video anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's a fake picture anyway, as everybody <laughs> knows. So that's the difference. Hey, just because we buy Grecian formula by the barrel is no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well guys this is the clark radio network we're new to the game here on clark radio network but sky watchers radio has been a while around for a while now almost what six months seven months we have been doing shows we've interviewed a lot of very interesting folks and in, including uh people like stan romanek people mike like Barra. steve bassett mike yes. barra yes mike barra uh a lot of folks have come through the uh, the show, and they're going to come right back in the next You're leaving uh, out my near favorite. future. You're leaving Sawyer. Out Sawyer. Sawyer. Yes. Sawyer. Sawyer, <laughs> Sawyer and his harmonica. I love the guy. And, and, you know, now that we're not on video, it, it is very likely that we will be able to get Sawyer back on the show here. Oh, that would be very likely. I know he's available for weddings and bar mitzvahs, I heard, as well. If anybody's yes, interested. he is. Um, as yes, far as um, 
his Jethro Tull style flute playing. Which is actually I, not all that bad. No, in fact, I was hoping he'd do our intro at some point. If Jackal could make that happen with like a uh, a studio session, you know, over satellite or however you do it. You know what I mean? Hey guys, uh, do me a favor. Bring up your audio just slightly, a little bit on your end, if you possibly can, both of you. We can do that. Please do that. Yes, That'll be fantastic. <laughs> this is the very first uh, show that we do on Clark Radio Network, so it's going to be a little messy, guys. We're going to get all the bugs kicked out before we have our very first guest. And guess who it's going to be? Jesse Randolph. Guess who our first guest is going to be on Skywatchers Radio? I, I think oh, I'm afraid. You should be. You should be terrified. Should I? Uh-oh. Just a little this bit. Is... Oh, my God. Okay, let me guess. Let me guess. Hold on. Uh... Oh, my God. Is it going to be Michael Horn? <laughs> mm, will not be Michael Horn. Not anytime soon, no. Definitely oh, won't be Michael Horn. Is it going to be Sheldon? <laughs> no, uh, not Sheldon, no. No, you're not even close, but I'll tell you what. I'll give you a hint. This gentleman lives in Arizona. Arizona. Okay. Okay. We're not talking about Snowflake Arizona or Travis Walton here, so let me rule that out right off the bat. Even though Travis has been on my other show uh, once already, and we look forward to having him back on the show here on Skywatchers Radio in the near future, but not Travis Walton. My, that was going to be my guess. Is, that's my, is, my eventuality. is my mic better now, Jackal? Is that working? Yes, you're, you're coming in good. Good guy. Testing, testing. One, two, three. <laughs> um, I was going to guess Travis. Arizona. Peter Gersten? Is it a Sedona person? I'll, I'll give you another hint. This person deals with petroglyphs in the sky. Oh, my God. I, I'm striking out. Hey, this man. Sucks. Oh, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have Jeff Woolwine on the show. Jeff, Jeff Woolwine. Yeah, fascinating. Jeff Woolwine. And the petroglyphs in the sky. Now, Jeff Woolwine has been... On TV, he's been, you know, he's done reports with Jamie Musan, and he's done a lot of other interviews and a lot of other shows. As some of you might know, he's been accused of, you know, faking stuff also, and we're going to talk to him about his videos and why he believes that they are real, authentic videos. And I've seen uh, videos of folks actually going out with him to do some of these, you know, sky watches. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if he is hoaxing this stuff i don't know how he's possibly doing it because i've seen stuff like behind the scenes you know kind of footage where they walk all the way through the cliffs uh, or the you know the mountainside and they look to the sky and then you see things appear so i don't know exactly how he might be hoaxing it if he is but we're going to give him a chance to talk here on sky watchers radio and we're going to get to hear from his point of view what exactly it is that he's capturing on video because they're pretty they're pretty interesting stuff whether they are ufo whether they are authentic or not it's still pretty interesting stuff, and it made its way into Jaime Musan's uh, collection, and he's reported on them. You know about Jaime Musan there, Jesse, don't you? Jaime. Well, yeah. Jaime. Jaime. Fascinating. Jaime. Jaime Musan. He is huge in Mexico. He is the equivalent of kind of a, a 60 Minutes type character that we would have here you know a diane sawyer or somebody like that that's how popular the guy is it's 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 true folks as far as ufology this guy is huge does he get a lot of flack from people absolutely and the reason is is because he goes out and investigates a lot of things so you're going to get burned sometimes and that's why i try to be a lot more open-minded than some folks who get very agitated very quickly and i've seen jaime get duped 
Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a MUFON reality show that was on for like three episodes. And Jaime got called out to uh, a case out in Mexico where a guy was saying that he was seeing saucers all the time. It was a kid. And sure enough, it was uh, he was getting duped with Mylar balloons. And I've been duped with Mylar balloons. I'm not a researcher, but um, it's going to happen sometimes. I think Jaime's had some really interesting cases, especially with the plasma ship stuff. And I'm excited. If we can get Jaime on, which we should be able to. Also, we should get, uh, what's his name on, who just released a new documentary this past week. Um, the guy from the rods that you that you hate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate the guy, Joseas no. Camelia. I don't hate oh, Jose Escamilla. Yes, thank yeah. you. You don't hate you don't hate Jose, obviously. No, uh, but but you're not a big fan of the Rod's research, correct? No, I'm not. No. Well, either not way, not at all. Uh, not at all. <laughs> not uh, one iota. Well, you know what? I will say this: I saw some of his footage, and some of it was interesting enough. Uh, there's one that the guy's base jumping. You see the rod kind of like swirling around his body a little bit. That was kind of interesting, but it's already been shown that a lot of the rod stuff are you know easily done with the bugs and other known phenomenon. It's just a trick of a uh, camera. Remember, the right. camera is a very easy easy thing to trick. It's not yes, that hard, especially a digital camera. Well, we've yeah. talked about this a hundred times. You know, the problem here is that anyone we have on, I don't care if it's um, Jaime or Jose, you pick the character, pick the country. You're going to find one of these guys. We've talked about this. It is so difficult to find out what's real and what's fake anymore. And, you know, when I worked at Fox for a while and I would go down to the CGI rendering lab because after hours we'd play video games with the guys down there. These guys were vampires. They'd stay in the dark all day just, you know, working on spaceships and things like that. Um, and then we would do these land games at night and, and you know play shooters and such but I mean the stuff that they create you guys know it's insane it's just impossible I would mm -hmm. love to know I would love to have some on some people who do some of these great forgeries that we've seen and find out how they did it and back engineer what they used which would be cool it's just hard to get a hold of them you know what I mean because they don't want to come forward like who did the Corette stuff who did um, the Haiti video you know i would love to talk to those guys wouldn't you oh, oh definitely yeah. the hate the haiti ufos were fascinating i mean those things looked real as heck i mean it, you couldn't really just look at them and say oh that's clear cgi because they they really were done really well i mean whoever did those should be working in hollywood not messing on youtube yeah i, I agree I think whoever did those is working in hollywood but we don't know who that particular person is or persons well that's, that's a, a good point job. too that's a good point, too, is that, you know, we've seen these things. I still don't know. Can somebody tell me if it's true or not? Remember the the viral video marketing campaign where the guy took the four cell phones and made the popcorn pop? Yep, yeah. I remember that. Is that legit. real? Can you do that? It's legit. It yep. is legit? I heard it oh, was. Oh, yeah. I heard it was it's viral marketing for a cell phone company that wanted to sell a product to uh, shield you from rads. No, it's legit. You can, you can't do it with one or two, or usually not even three cell phones. And you can, probably can't do it the way they had it set up. But there is enough energy being emitted by four cell phones to pop a single kernel of popcorn. Jeez, 
you can do mm -hmm. that, and you, and I can't fix my freaking Xbox. Unbelievable. Incredible, isn't it? <laughs> it sucks. I told you, get ice packs. It's it's proven. So cure, right? let's let's get into it. T TV Tuesdays obviously is just kind of defunct at this point because all our favorite shows are gone, guys. Especially um, when it's Monday, by the way. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, but I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking ahead. Um, but you know, one show that is still on, we could talk about tomorrow when we get there, is uh, Stargate Universe. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, they Tell did me. their last episode of the season last Friday. So, oh really? Catch up. Oh Time my. to catch up, Jesse. Because I, I saw a two-parter uh, yeah. last night. So okay, well that was it. Yeah. Oh, you mean that's the, the end of the season? Yeah, that's it. Nothing oh else. my God! There is nothing on TV to watch. There's At nothing. All. I'm so At glad all. I canceled. It's done. <laughs> I'm so glad I canceled cable. This is crazy. Yeah. Okay. Top that's shoot, a Top Shot. That's that's the only thing on that I'm actually paying attention to is Top Shot. Well, you know, I'd like to, as everyone out there who listens to our show knows that we have, have kind of a loose banter, but we also talk about the shows that we do during the week because we all do plenty of shows on our own. Which is <coughs> right. Kind of interesting. And then we come together for this consortium of madness, which is going to happen a lot more now, which is frightening. Yes. But it, it is a little wanna, frightening. I, I can just start off bit. if you guys want. Uh, you know, this weekend on Euphonaut on over on KPAM, that's uh, KPAM 860, I had Norio Hayakawa on. For those of you who aren't familiar, he was kind of a big shot, Area 51 researcher back in the i guess late 90s you guys familiar with this guy oh yes yeah and he makes great music by the way yeah I've, he does you know what <laughs> here's a, ja a japanese guy who's who's playing country western music it, that is awesome there's, there's just something awesome about that in fact if we could get a jam session going with sawyer from the heaven's gate who still has <laughs> hold on he still has his testicles by the way and then we <laughs> he's the only he's the only living heaven skater with his testes and then we get norio which i have good connections with so i could get him <laughs> i'm telling you and we do a tracking session because norio's written some uh tracks about area 51 we could get sawyer to just do his little shtick right on top of, of his uh, already finished tracks and jackal with your expertise you could run the board and, and make it into something that might actually be worth listening to what do you think i'm with it only if we can get laura eisenhower to participate somehow <laughs> yeah she could do like gregorian <laughs> chanting in the background as gaia yeah. yes yeah. that is it right there yes <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble for this one. All right, a lovely lady, Miss Laura Eisenhower. Let's not let's not mistake the fact she's a lovely lady. She is. She is a lovely lady. <laughs> you know. Speaking of which, I don't want to get too far off. Let me start with with Euphonaut first. So last Saturday, Euphonaut had Norio on, and I don't know about you guys. If you, I know both of you didn't really have a chance to listen too much because you were both busy. But I will say this: I did not get the right guy to talk about Area 51, even though I love Norio. I was looking for up-to-date information. Basically, my premise was, it's 2010. We can count on one hand how many guys have come forward that have worked at Area 51. 
and I've talked to Rick a little bit about this and, and, and you, Jackal, and I mm -hmm. found that to be crazy. So basically I said in 30 years, we still don't have that many guys coming forward to tell us what the hell is going on over there. And sure enough, Norio, I kept digging, and by the end of the hour, thank goodness it was an hour because he didn't really have much to add, I kept kidding around that I, you know, I think Norio's holding back here. I think we have to dig a little deeper here, you know, because it just wasn't coming. So, at the end of the day, I guess my question is: Is there a guy that we're missing that is the guy for Area 51 in hmm. 2010 to talk to that might have some better info, some better intel? Rick, Jack, anyone? Well, you know, the popular choice, obviously, the popular choice, obviously, is Bob Lazar. If anybody wants to talk Area Fifty One, but he's been kind of out of the loop really for years now. Uh, yeah. There really isn't a clear-cut guy, the one guy who could be like the Area Fifty One expert that comes to mind. Sure, there well, is. Maybe. I just uh -oh. don't know his name. Yeah. Wow. I, well, I, I know what job that helps. He does. <laughs> I know what job he does, and I can figure out how to track him down. He's the pilot that takes him out there every. But even so, Rick, think about that. Okay, so if he's taking them, and folks, if you don't know this, people who work at the base, they take them from McCarran Air, uh, Air, um, Airport in Las Vegas, Nevada. They take off every day in, in their own plane that's separated from the airport. They're off in, in their own little quadrant, and they fly into work, and they fly home every day. That's how they get to work. And the windows are blacked out, and there's no mm -hmm. markings on the plane, really. And it's very clandestine and cool and right out of a science fiction movie or a spy thriller. Right. But I don't know how the pilot per se would have, if you believe in the compartmentalization of the place, which I do. Uh, Norio was good at talking about that. Absolutely. But I don't know that the pilot... Now, I had one guy approach me who said that he worked on the security systems. Um, but he wouldn't come on the program. So that didn't help us too much. I guess maybe we should start a search, fellas, to try to find someone new. And maybe we end up breaking a case from it. But if we keep putting it out there to our fans, maybe somebody can dig somebody up. I just think it's crazy uh, to me that, that, you know, this is the United States of America. We can't find. There were two older gentlemen that came out, I would say, maybe six months ago when we started this show. And they went on Fox News and did an interview that they had worked on projects way back at Area 51, and they were just allowed to talk about it now. And I'll tell you, it was the most propaganda-filled interview I've ever heard. You could tell that these guys were not telling the truth, and that, that they were trying to make it seem like it was just a place where they had really exotic aircraft, and that's it. And they didn't hear about anything else, and they had no idea what the guy was talking about when he mentioned flying saucers, you know? Well, and it, that could very well be true. Could. You know, if if their, you know, if their compartment worked on conventional aircraft, even if it's advanced aircraft, extremely advanced aircraft, if they're compartmentalized, they wouldn't know about the other stuff, unless they just happen to stumble into a hangar and then they get the right act read to them, because um, they weren't in their own area to begin with. But yeah. having worked in some of those programs, yes, it's extremely compartmentalized, extremely. And no, I can't give you examples. Well, there you go. This is this is the double-edged <laughs> catch-22 that I always bring up, which is people say, we want proof. 
They want hatch covers and they want dead alien parts and they want fingertips and noses. Oh, they don't have noses, right? They want black no, eyes no. and they want um, all kinds of groovy stuff, right? Physical evidence, hard physical evidence. Pistol. What's I just that? Want laser pistol. That's all. Oh, I want. Well, just give, if you give want me a laser, laser pistol. I know all I want, all I want is a lightsaber. That's all I want, a lightsaber. Listen, actually, <laughs> you can now buy. You can now buy a company in yes. Hong Kong. I'll have to look up the details, but there is a company in Hong Kong marketing a blue laser that's done up to look like a lightsaber, and it's um, a class four laser. I mean, you could actually start fires with this thing, and they're marketing. Which I think is just bizarre. Well, you know, there's no range limit, no effective range limit on this thing. Right. Oh, so you could really do some nasty stuff with it if you were yes, you, someone you, inspirited. Yeah. Well, or just devilish mind. Um, right. There's a reason it's a felony to aim any kind of a laser at an aircraft. It's a felony, federal felony. Well. So, Here's here's the other end of my catch twenty two scenario, which is everyone saying that they want hard physical evidence, but in order to get it, people can't be afraid for their lives. It's out there. People have seen it, and the closest we're going to get is going to be eyewitness testimony, in my opinion. So we just have to keep searching for someone that's going to have the you know what. To talk to us but the problem is and what gets me so intrigued about places like area 51 is that it like i said since 19 i don't know let's say mid 90s when people started going up on Whitesides mountain and taking a look at this place and getting the first pictures this is pre-google earth of course um it seemed as though it was going to progress where there was going to be a surge of information and that started to happen and then all of a sudden clamp and from well, 2000 on area 51 you haven't heard anything new about that place than you, you know since the early 90s well it's like this Jesse how can it be a secret base when the president of the United States says yeah it's there well it's no longer it's, secret the it point is secret because nobody no. knows what's going on there. What's going okay, on there? But that doesn't make it a secret base. No? No. The fact that it exists and we know that it exists means it's no longer a secret. Okay? Now, what they do there is still secret, regardless, okay, well, of, whether, regardless of whether it's actually conventional aircraft research or something else, it's still a secret. Now, having said that... No, no. Yeah. Have, having said that... There are some appropriate reasons to have some secrets, particularly if you are trying to outrace all the other technological countries on this planet. Now, if you're trying to outrace all the other technological planets, you're in deep doo-doo because we've got too much catching up to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, here, I still think that, that's bullshit here, to me. That, that doesn't well, fly with because, like I said, we pay for this base. We didn't know nothing about it. They've got what the largest runway in the, in, in the entire country or the world at this this base. What's uh, the oh, land? Oh, actually, that, it's not the one at Edwards is bigger, but you can check that on Google Earth too. By the way. Okay, well, I guess Norio was wrong about that one too. 
but my point is is that I'm getting sick of the same old that's just the way it is kind of mentality I talked about this on the show a little bit you remember that 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 song that's just the way it is by Bruce Hornsby oh, yeah. yep some some things will never change right yeah Tupac has a very good cover of that song by the way changes does he really you've never heard the song changes by Tupac Shakur no I don't like are you serious you, we promised not well, to you talk need, about you, this on the air you, no 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 we, we promise like we'll talk about a lot of things on the metal. air, but <laughs> I like. I like <laughs> That's have, fine. Have you listened? Wait a minute. Have you listened uh, to uh, Black uh, Label Society? Black? No, I've heard of Black Sabbath. No, but you listen to Zach Wilde's <laughs> solo project. No. So I mean, yeah, but none of those. Character. Yeah, but none of those. None of those guys are on the same level as Tupac. Come on. Let's oh, be honest. stop it. Okay. Anyway, he has a very good cover. That's the point. Some things. Well, I would be interested in hearing that. That's fine. You should play it as a bumper. But some things will never change. And if you talk to the older generation, they're complacent. They are so complacent with, oh man, you know, come on. And it's like, what do you mean, come on? That's what the United States is supposed to be about. Change. It's supposed to be about questioning. And I will say that. The country that I live in today, from the history books that I've read and the videos mm-hmm. that I've seen, this is the most complacent society probably in the history of its its existence. Rick, you got to have a comment on that. I'm not arguing with you, am I? <laughs> I, know, I just asked for a comment. I didn't ask for an argument. I've got enough freaking arguments from you guys all week. I don't need that. No, I, but I agree <laughs> with that part. I mean, you know, they think... Uh, I'll go home and I'll watch news and I'll be informed. Wrong. Yeah. You go home, you watch news, some of it's true, some of it's not, and what is true is it's nearly the whole truth. The other, thing you're informed, the other thing you're informed of is what they want to inform you of. Yep. Whatever way they, they want to skew it, whatever way they want to twist it, whatever way they want to present it, they're going to do that. The media is part of the government itself. That's the bottom line. It's uh, the fourth branch of the government. That's uh, you know the truth. They're used by the government for the government's own agendas and their own purposes. Right. We're just prob- sheeple. That's all we you're are. Probably you're probably entirely right. And I often tell people from the older generation and some of the new guys, unless a UFO lands on your front lawn, climbs out an alien, knocks on your door, and steals your wallet, and takes your money. You're not going to care, and you're not going to believe in it. And that's just the way it is. Some things that will never change. That is just change. the way it is. Some things <laughs> will never change. Right? But I hope they change. And, the, and the, the way to do that is to bitch and moan about it a little bit. But it's also, I'll give you yep. for instance, right before the show, this is a true story, right before the show about, what, uh, 27 minutes ago, somebody called me. And this was the same number. It was an 805 area code, which I recognized because that's Thousand Oaks, California, or Ventura, California. And sure enough, the guy hung up on me the first time because he said, oh, I'm sorry, wrong number. Second time, he goes, is this Jesse Randolph? And I said, yeah. And he goes, the guy with the radio show? I said, yeah. (laughs) And he goes, oh, I was expecting to get, like, your office or something. <laughs> Which I started, I just started laughing because obviously, folks, I don't have an office it, unless you want to count my living room. Um, in fact, the cat has a bigger office right now. But I said the the oh, point of the story was 
Hell, the yeah. cat has a cleaner office than I do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But the, the point of the story is I'm accessible, okay? Um, before he called, there was a guy who said, I want to talk to you for a few minutes. I'm in Australia on Facebook, which we all have different opinions on. Facebook has become a universe for me, okay? And I use it to talk to a lot of people, especially international, but they'll just ping me, and I love that. So I tell people, I'm accessible. Talk to me. And sure enough, this guy was just so excited. to He, he, he still didn't believe it was me, and which is hilarious because obviously we're all non-celebrity broke individuals that do radio programming on <laughs> UFOs and paranormal. So <laughs> the guys down the street would have Man. Yeah. I've never, I, I've never felt worse about myself than uh, than I do right now. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> but hey, that's just the way it is. Anyway. Th some things will never be the same. We'll be right back. Oh, man. Yeah. 
so much a man can tell me So much he can say Tell me is a healthy baby But did you know that when it snows My eyes become a large And the light that you shine can't be seen gang i have a question for you are you prepared did you know that it costs as little as 16 dollars 95 to provide an essential food resource for one person for 40 days if you go to wheatsales.com if a storm flood landslide tornado earthquake hurricane or any other natural disaster strikes your community you may not have access to food water and electricity for days or even weeks by taking some time now to store emergency food you can provide for your entire family WheatSales.com provides excellent products for long-term emergency food storage and also provides good, nutritious, wholesome food that can be eaten now. Their healthy red wheat berries are the best emergency food supply you can store. It is your lowest cost food storage alternative and when kept in the packaging that WheatSales.com provides can be stored safely for up to 30 years. WheatSales.com, one of the best resources for long-term emergency food supplies on the internet. Check out WheatSales.com today. And we're back here on Skywatchers Radio with Jesse, Rick, and myself, Angel. Welcome back, guys. I think we got all the audio what? stuff worked out. Let's hear Once you guys again, sound. greetings, Earthlings. Look at that. He sounds crystal clear. Holy snaps. Ain't that amazing? That is amazing. So anyway, guys, we were talking before we left on a little break there to, to get the audio uh, tuned up. Uh, we were talking about Area 51. Yeah. And, and we're... We're, we're kind of discussing on how there's not that new guy or new guard guy, I guess we could call him, uh, that you know that talks about Area 51 or has any inside info on Area 51. Which is interesting because there really isn't that new guy out there. Right. Now, I've talked to a couple of people who have been in there and been chased out uh, and got photographs while they were there. And amazingly, got them out as well but they don't want to get in front of a camera or even a microphone and talk about it because they don't want them coming to their house again. You see. And they do come to your house. Yeah, you know what? I have issues with that, too, and maybe I'm going to get 
in trouble for it one day, but I just don't see it. You know, I know Lazar comes forward and does his thing, and nothing happened to him. Yeah. And then, you know, basically. Well, well, something did happen to him, actually. Well, he made some money. That's about the only thing that happened to him. He no, he didn't make money much money. He didn't make any money off coming Like out. I said, he made a little bit of money. I didn't say he made a whole lot of money. He made a little money. He got his name on the press. He's you know, got some technology he's working on. But yeah, nobody went to his house and said, hey, Bob, uh, you need to shut up or we're going to put you in a, in a river somewhere or we're going to put you under a mountain somewhere. No, none of that happened to the guy. Uh, in no, fact, he was on coast happen. to coast on, not, not long ago. He was on coast to coast and uh, it was all good, you know? Well, what did happen to exactly. him? Exactly, yeah. What did happen to him, and this one was actually real. Um, all of his academic records were pulled. His degree was gone. You know, guy's got a PhD in physics and can't present any documentation for it because it's no longer in the system at the school. Um, what was it, MIT? You know, very prestigious school. And uh, so, what happened to all that? The only proof, and you can't really fake this very easily. The only proof that he ever graduated from that is his pictures in the yearbook. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there are no academic records for the guy. Now, tell me that that's not screwing with him. How's he going to go out and get a job? Well, he can't prove that he has a degree because he doesn't have any records. Did they screw with him? Yeah, they didn't bury him, literally, but they buried him in another way. Yeah, but Rick, think about it. It's Bob Lazar. They're selling a movie rights to his story. Uh, I'm sure he's you know done books, uh, or he's you know talked about no. doing books, or he's done. Yeah, I know he's done a video and stuff, and he's yeah. you know he is. He may not be making a ton of money off of who he is, uh, but I'm pretty sure he's not collecting welfare. Uh, no, you know what that's I mean? because the reason he's not collecting welfare is because he's got a business. He, exactly. Yeah, but the business doesn't have anything to do with his having worked at Area 51. But see, that's the thing right there. It doesn't matter if they buried him in the other way. He has his own business to go back to. Yeah, so really, what what damage what damage have they done to the man? Well, <clears throat> they did this damage. First of all, he can't draw a salary from anybody at a Ph.D. level because he can't prove he's got the Ph.D., which is a couple hundred maybe $300,000 a year in the right job. Now, Having we're assuming that, that he we're assuming that he did have that PhD all along and that the entire story is true and the government went ahead and did that to him. We're yeah. assuming that. Now, we're assuming a lot here because uh, let's be honest, it'd be just it'd be a lot easier just to, you know, whack him and put him under a river somewhere. It'd be a lot easier just to do that. No, not after he'd been on the news it wouldn't be because that would validate his story. See, if they erase these records, you know, like you, everybody's going to doubt it. They're going to doubt that he was real in the first place. See, it just, it takes away all his credibility. I understand that, but like you, there's always going to be those conspiracy-minded folks who are going to mm -hmm. want to believe that the government is behind everything. The mean old government is behind every single thing that happens. No, not everything. A lot of things, you know. yes, but but uh, 
there are a lot and of I, other entities. Look, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to believe Bob Lazar's story. I'd love to believe his story, and, and I do keep an open mind to it because it's an intriguing story. And just like Jesse here, who really got into interested in ufology when he saw that Bob Lazar video, that piqued my interest when I first saw it. You know, years ago. Sure. And it is. And it is one of one of those. It's one of the most fascinating stories in ufology. The fact that this man came out saying he worked at Area Fifty One, he saw the flying, you know, flying saucers that they were working on. He knows, you know, some of the technology that's behind some of the, these flying saucers. All that stuff is fascinating. But at the end of the day, again, it's a story. And we have to it treat story, it as such. But without, without his story, you never would have heard of Area Fifty One. Without yeah, him well, coming, that's true. I have that is true. With that, you know, this is this is my issue with that. And I've heard this before too. It's just a story, and we need more evidence and that sort of thing. Now, the only person on this panel that's worked inside the government would be Rick. Okay, he knows you can't work on a top secret project and take a piece of it home with you, right? That's right. Well, now, you can, you know, but you end up in jail someplace, or worse. Yeah, but my point is this. Scott Peterson, who killed Lacey Peterson in California a number of years ago, they didn't find her body, but they had convicted him. They eventually did, thank goodness. Yeah. But my point is that circumstantial evidence can still be utilized in a court of law to prove a case. Right? So why is it that when it comes to ufology, it's a higher standard? Well, that's pretty easy. It's just like when I talked about a couple of weeks ago, why people can swallow and digest the ghost phenomenon, right? That's something they can get a pizza with the family and some Chinese food and sit down and, and have fun with and laugh and have a good time because that's just silly fun, right? When the plumbers go out and find ghosts every week. But... UFOs, saucers, people getting abducted, hybridization programs, sperm, ovum being taken from people, okay? That's a whole nother issue. So it's, it's really at a higher standard, and I tell people this all the time. I tell them at parties. I tell them when they ask me, oh, you're the UFO guy, so what's the deal? I said, you don't want to <laughs> know. Just like John Lear told me 20 years ago, you don't want to know the truth. Trust me. Go live your life. You don't want to know what's really behind these doors of secrecy because it's so, so ugly how people have sold each other out, perhaps, and the kind of freedoms that people have taken on themselves to make decisions and go down crossroads on our behalf when they weren't elected officials of the union and they're not people we want representing us. So... I have to believe in what I can only believe in, which is circumstantial evidence from people that have been on the inside, right? I look at the quality of the messenger. I know they're not going to have physical evidence. I've had Ryan Wood on and Bob Wood, the guys who, you know, in, took apart MJ-12 documents for years. These are high-level quality messengers. I asked them, what is it going to take to prove this stuff to people? And they said, hatch covers hieroglyphic beams well that's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen if it crashes they have retrieval teams that know how to obviously get to these things section off the area it's 2010 it's very easy to keep people away from something we know that how many people on this panel have been to a cr um, an airplane crash debris site well one, I have anyway okay well like I said you're the only insider we have here but 
I've never been allowed near a car crash for all that matter. So <laughs> the point is, is that we really have to rely on our gut. What do you feel yep. inside your gut, right? To me, the Bob Lazar story always rang true. Here's a couple of reasons why. Number one, Bob did not make a big amount of money on what he did. He made an underground video with a B-level camera and a chalkboard. It was one yep. of the most underground, badly produced videos you can find that'll still make your jaw drop, okay? Which <laughs> gave it credibility, right? He was Blair Witch before Blair Witch was around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the I think that's where they got their inspiration. But I think you're right. But the point is, he's he did this videotape, and he told you why in the beginning, so that if something happened to him, the truth was set free, right? And the truth was out there to everyone to see and do with what they will with the technology and the information. He didn't make money from that tape until way later on, until he got involved with Gene Huff and TriDot and these production folks, and they started gathering distribu distributors and such. I know that from Tim, obviously, because he sold the thing mm -hmm. for a while. Okay, what did he do after that? Did he do Dateline? No. Did he do 2020? No. Did he do Peter Jennings? No. Did he do a movie? No. There was talk about a movie. There still is. Some people yep. think that, uh, what's his name's going to play him? Ben Affleck. No, not Ben Affleck. The other guy. Who's the other guy? His partner. Uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon think is uh, supposedly going to Some folks him, yeah. think that Matt Damon is going to play Bob Lazar, which would be very cool. Again, at the end of the day, Bob Lazar is not making money. How is Bob Lazar making money for anyone who wants to know? He's in Michigan, and he runs a laboratory company that makes chemicals and all kinds of weird scientific crap. Yeah, scientific supply. Well, anybody, anybody with the right license is scientific supply company, basically. Yeah, and it has he makes all kinds of gobbledygook genius stuff. That's what he does, okay? <laughs> he's he's yeah. a genius, and to this day... The guy rings true in my gut, and I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what Stan says. Stanton Friedman, he's been on the show. He doesn't believe in the case, and I don't care whoever else because he's not in some damn directory. I don't care about that because I go with his story, and I go with the quality of the messenger, genius-level guy who didn't really gain anything from this except a lot of crap. Right? Am I right? You are right. Well, you're, you're right. You're right, but you're, you are right, but also remember... L. Ron Herbert was also a genius-level guy. <laughs> yeah, but Jackal, the difference there is that L. Ron Hubbard created a billion-dollar industry from the genius mind. There was a profit instinct, a capitalist initiative to the Scientology so network. Okay. <laughs> yeah. L. Ron yeah, Hubbard is smarter. To me, to me, well, it depends in, in what respect, obviously. You know, from to a me, capitalist. The most like, yeah. The most compelling thing about Bob Lazar's story was the thing that everybody picked on. They said, he said, and I was hired by the Navy to look over these nine craft. And they said, but it's an Air Force base. Bing, wrong answer. He's out of there. But knowing what I know, that's, that makes perfect sense to me. Within each, almost each and every base, whether it's an Air Force base or a Navy base or an Army base, other services have what they call um, client or resident entities. I mean, they'll have, um, let's see, I, I forget the exact terminology, but basically it is like at Area 51, it would be a Navy base within the bigger Air Force base. 
Okay, mm-hmm. it'd be a detachment. Like for instance, okay. near me, there's a huge navy base, but they also have an army activity. That's the right word. That's the word I was looking for. They have an army activity. They have an air force activity. They have a coast guard activity within the navy base. Right. And they, and they actually that activity pays for the upkeep of the buildings, and they pay into the public works to keep the roads up on the base and all that stuff. They pay, you know, out of their own budget for all that stuff, and then they have an activity there. So it makes perfect sense to me that the Navy uh, would probably have the, if there is a doctrine or if there is a mission to, uh, let's see, examine these craft. If these craft really exist, it would be the Navy to do that because it's a mission outside of the atmosphere and the, uh, the Navy is the right one to be positioned for that. Now, Real quick, uh, Rick, be, before you continue, I wanted to let everybody who's listening in on Clark Radio Network, uh, let them know that they can check out the uh, chat room area on the Clark Radio Network website. Uh, real simply, just click on the uh, chat link, and you'll be able to check out the chat that's going on. There's an active chat. We have a lot of folks in there. If you guys do want to call in, also we'll be taking calls after the hour here. The uh, call-in number is actually on Skype, so you can just uh, look us up on Skype on the Jackal 77 that's spelled T-H-A-J-A-C-K-A-L-77. Jackal. That jackal. That's only for today, though. It's going to change uh, to probably something more Skywatcher related tomorrow there you uh, go. for the next show. But, yeah, for today, uh, just uh, look us up on the Jackal 77 if you guys want to join into the conversation here on Skywatchers Radio. Uh, continue, my good friend, the voice of reason, Rick Osman. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> the point was that it is perfectly reasonable for an activity to exist within another service's base. I've seen it many times. And in fact, it's it's not only commonplace, it's almost expected. That's what one of the things that uh, mm-hmm. bases use to defend their existence in what they call base realignment and closure BRAC ventures or BRAC studies. So if you have more than one activity at your base, you're a little safer than someone that's like, I'm strictly Air Force, stay off my base. Then that base is going away. Just ask them down at Homestead. Or, oh, wait, you can't because they're gone. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And if you go Thank to you. Tampa and, <laughs> and you go out, go to Tampa and the Air Force Base McDill out there, you'll find every branch of the service and a few other gov- uh, federal entities resident on that base and they'll never go away. So what does it all mean, Basil? (laughs) It it means that it makes, for for all those people that said, oh, Lazar's lying, there are no Navy out there. Well, they were completely wrong. It's perfectly reasonable for the Navy to have an activity at Area 51. That is correct. Or Grim Lake, or whatever you want to call the place. That is really good information, and at the end of the day, I think Bob Lazar is probably still the most credible, most intelligent game changer if you could talk the guy into being more forthcoming and involved, but he's not going to be, and I get that. And probably, I would guess his reasoning would be, well, a few reasons. Number one, life is very short. Our time on this planet is not very long, and he would like to live a good life, and he likes his life. So... All this Michigas with UFOs, he's kind of done with. He wants to move on. 
I get that. Is it better for the sake of humanity that he's involved? Maybe he doesn't really care anymore. Maybe he's sort of, you know, a lot of people are pretty checked out at this point. They're sort of like, yeah, let's see what's next. You want me to do my stanchion on it? Not a chance. But seriously, I think that, unfortunately, there aren't many game changers left, and he would be one of them. I wish we could find another one. And I asked George Knapp this at a conference in San Jose, and he got a bit defensive. I said, you know, after Lazar, you weren't really able to find any more people. That's pretty strange. Um, yep. And he's a very gritty investigative reporter. So he sort of was like, no, we found other people. And I said, well, who, who are, are they? Who are they? Yeah. yeah, and he, he just said that they didn't really have stories that were as compelling enough, I guess. But in essence, well, here's a, just here's another thing. You could also say that a lot of these folks who might, you know, be working for Area Fifty One, uh, might have been told to be quiet, even you know, threatened after Lazar came out. Uh, maybe they had some kind of agreement when Lazar was there, but after he came out with his information, they started really clamping down on people to make sure that you know other leaks didn't come out of Area Fifty One. Oh, I'm that's a possibility. Confident. Yeah. No, no, it's not a possibility. It's a given. Yeah. If if any of that story is real, it's an absolute given. They clamped down on everybody. They had a mm -hmm. stand down probably for days, and probably some supervisor types ended up in other jobs, specifically Czar yeah. supervisors. Yep, uh, I agree. I agree. I think that it was very plausible the way that it went down where he was able to tell John Lear where to go to see some of these test flights when they did it on a regular basis because it was so easy to keep this under wraps for so long, they got complacent. Like you said, yes. until there's a, a real leak that's sprung, you don't really pay attention to the problem. And that's, I think, right. well, uh, what happened. I think he was the leak, and then they uh, tightened up on it. And isn't, yeah, there rumors that there's a, there's, isn't there rumors that there's an Area 52 out there that they moved... A lot of the important secret stuff well, they're working that, on to a different that, base. Uh, actually, there are rumors they actually moved it to a different continent out in the middle well, that, of Australia. That'll make sense. <laughs> Moving it that. completely out of here, yeah. I've heard that 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 rumor. I've heard of of course most of you know from watching UFO Hunters and other programs about Dulce, New Mexico, and the underground yeah. base network that might be there. Um, the Dulce Hum. And all that yep. nifty stuff. I haven't seen one iota of evidence that was remotely interesting about Dulce besides major hearsay. I haven't had a guy like Lazar come out with the kind of brain that he possesses and to tell me that there's something going on in Dulce. When I had well, Norio, the, uh, Norio the other night, couldn't give me one piece of evidence as an insider, as a researcher, that would make me think that there's any yeah. validity to that story whatsoever and ufo hunters that was probably the one of their worst episodes and i loved i loved ufo hunters uh, uh most of the episodes but that was a boring one because they just didn't have stuff to, to mess with there was nothing there right they got the native i forget yep. the guy's name to stand up and say yeah, yeah the guy. Go in. Yeah. yeah but uh actually norio got a lot of his stuff secondhand as as would be normal most of these most of these yeah. folks do. Yeah. Um, however, I have a source that was a firsthand, so he's not willing to come on air, but I'll hook you up with him, Jesse, as far as correspondence, and you can make of it what you will. How's that? Well, if he's not, if he's not willing to come on the air, I mean, 
And that's a good segue into this Facebook conversation that I had with this Aussie right before the show. And I, like I said, folks, if you want to catch me on Facebook, it is really me. It's not my office. It's not my assistant. <laughs> my, assist, my assistant is a, is a, uh, a German Shepherd mix at the moment named Coco. So oh, he's I not, thought it was Cosmo. No, that's the cat. Yeah, okay. But that's the other the assistant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The point is, is that he brought He's up. He's the assistant's assistant. That's what that is. Yeah. He, went, he went from asking me, you know, can I ask you a few questions about ufology? And I said, you know, what's racking your brain? Sure. I also find it a hoot to talk to, like you guys do, someone from another country in real time just on the fly like that. It's really pretty neat. It still makes me uh, get a you-know-what sometimes because it's just the technology is awesome. You know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't that long before we were complaining about fax machines, and now we're sitting here going that our video bandwidth isn't strong enough when we want to talk to each other. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm old school, but I think that's cool. So he started telling me about Dan Burrish and um, Andrew Basigio because he said Basagio. they're Basagio, thank you. Basagio. And he said both of them are, are he's friends with both of them, and that uh, do I know of them. Now, these are two gentlemen. If you're not familiar with guys, I'll give you the quick and dirty. Dan Burrish claims to be an ex-Area 51 employee, biologist. Correct. He also claims to have worked hands-on with an extraterrestrial being that was codenamed J-Rod, J-R-O-D. If you Google it or if you wiki it, you can follow along or get more information. But this man has been torn apart by people like Knapp who have done investigations on him and such and his background and they of course his schooling and Caltech and the same kind of Lazar stuff. Anyways, I have not been able to get the guy on the program so I informed the Aussie of that. Then uh, Basagio? Basagio. Basagio. Great name. Basagio, yes. I've asked him to be on the program three times now. He has declined all three times. This is a gentleman, folks, that has claimed to have worked on a Stargate program of some sort that had to do with colonization of Mars. Correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. You're you are correct. I, I think I know why he turned you down also, by the way. Go for it. It's, he's waiting for the next season of Stargate to start up before he comes up with new stories <laughs> so he can go on your show <laughs> and he can tell you some new stuff. Oh, go on, come continue. Down. Well, perhaps you're right. But, but the point being is he told me in the last request that he was waiting to finish a paper that he was writing and that he would come on the show where he would I would be sort of the the first person to have it and I would get the exclusive yada 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 anyways he goes on Alfred Weber's program a lot over on Exopolitics uh, if you're not familiar with Alfred of course he's got a show as well and yes indeed Okay, but, but my point is I, I started talking to the Aussie about these guys, and what I didn't realize is that the Aussie was really feeling me out and uh, didn't know anything about me and started harassing me that I was media and that I wasn't being nice to them. And I, I, he just kind of turned on me. So it was, very strange, it was a very strange conversation. Whoa, guys, guys, something's going on with the audio there. Uh... Let's take a, a break for a second, and we'll come right back. We have to fix whatever's going on here. There's an audio issue going on. Okay. Hey, no, no. 
what time it was and the lights were low I leaned back on my radio Some cat was laying down some Get it on rock and roll, he said Then the loud sound, it seemed to fade It came back like a slow voice On a wave of eyes. That was no DJ, that was Hazy Cosmic Jive More than 172,000 people will be told they have lung cancer. Lung cancer. 60% will wonder why, why, as they never smoked or quit smoking years ago. Lung cancer will kill 163,000 people this year. More people than breast, prostate, colon, liver, and kidney cancers combined, making it by far America's number one cancer killer. Cancer killer. But there is hope. New treatments are available and more are on the way. The Lung Cancer Alliance is working to focus attention and research on lung cancer to develop early detection tools and more treatment options. Lung Cancer Alliance is leading the charge as the only organization solely dedicated to providing support, resources, and a voice for people touched by lung cancer and those at risk for the disease. Join us in the fight against lung cancer. The time has come. No more excuses. No more lung cancer. To learn more, visit at lungcanceralliance.org or call 1-800-298-2436. The first time that we saw combat as a unit, it was more surreal than anything. You're under fire, you're getting blown up. There's definitely adrenaline. There was the explosion. And I remember just opening my eyes and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery and I was on a lot of pain medicine. What's going to happen next and how long am I going to be here? The Wounded Warrior Project dropped off a backpack for me, and it had everything in there that I could possibly have needed at that time. Peer visitors, people who have been where I had been before, said, look brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. That type of thing is an invaluable service. To be honest, I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. People everywhere are becoming interested in precious metals. Ads are blasting all over the airwaves to buy or sell gold, silver, or platinum. But how do you really know if you're getting the right information? CoinInfo.com. At CoinInfo.com, you get up-to-the-minute market information on the value of precious metals in all forms. CoinInfo.com does not buy or sell gold, silver, or platinum. Its sole purpose is to keep coin dealers, investors, and collectors informed with up-to-the-minute precious metal and coin prices. CoinInfo.com is easy to use and informative. It's definitely worth checking out, especially if you need the advantage of live pricing without having to pay membership fees, a common practice from most websites today. Before you buy or sell gold, silver, or platinum, or any of your rare coins, be smart and get informed. Go to www.coininfo.com. I'm going to say it again, www.coininfo.com. Red light velvet, the lady is back in heat. She don't 
And we're back live uh, on Skywatchers Radio here on Clark Radio Network. Sorry about that, folks. We had a little technical issue with uh, one of our hosts, uh, Mr. Rick Osman, has to uh, drop out of the show. He's having some kind of issue with his board. Uh, but we're going to be live, me and Jesse, here for the next hour. If anybody does want to call in, you can Skype right through. The, no- the name on Skype is the Jackal 77 and we'll be taking calls. Uh, anybody who wants to chime in on the conversation that we've been talking about tonight, please do so. We've been talking about Bob Lazar, Area 51, and the lack of any new faces that's come around the last 20 years since you know Area 51 has been known about. And um, we're going to keep talking about other stuff. In fact, I wanted to get to a, a guest that I had on my other show, The Jackal's Head, over on Tenacity Radio. I had uh, Mr. Kevin Randall on the show this Saturday, and he's a fascinating man. He's, you know... Like you, you know, you would say Jesse he's one of the old guard uh, in ufology. One of the the guys who's been around for a good period of time now, and he's been writing books. In fact, he has over 120 books that he's written. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm glad. Which you is amazing. Before you get to Kevin, I'd love to try to nail this down with people who think that the new guard is some sort of cut, because I've read articles about this in some of the premier publications for ufology and alike and the new guard folks just so you're hip to it as far as i'm concerned and i'm not talking about some of these hate speak kind of podcasts out there that are just organized to basically trash people and do sort of this bill o'reilly bit that's not what we do it's not what i do it's not what you do um the new guard what does it represent it's really simple it has nothing to do with age so anyone thinking that the new guard has to do with your physical age and maturity level has nothing to do with age, it's the same type of thing. It's about a state of mind. It's about looking at ufology and exopolitics and the disclosure word, if you want to throw that in there, physical evidence, the kind of things we're talking about. Looking at the quagmire of technology and how that has really hurt ufology in many ways, if you think about giggity, it. Giggity. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Quagmire. <laughs> giggity, giggity. <laughs> you like that? Um, I like that. It's a good word. The point is this. We have to look at the subject with a new lens. Okay? Yes. And I'm using a lot of props here in this paragraph. But the point being is this. <laughs> I don't want people to be offended when Euphanot talks about the new guard. And I'll, I'll give you a for instance. I got a, a Facebook message today. Um, this is, you know, sometimes Facebook just strokes your ego, which I don't mind once in a while, because as, as we all know, the radio show isn't really stroking our wallets very much. Um, and my car had broken down again this week. So here's a, a great posting from Craig Buchan from Scotland, which for some reason I have a lot of fans, and that's terrific. But it's the Scottish New Guard, Craig and Emma Buchan. It's official. Jesse Randolph is the most interesting, entertaining human being on the planet. Fact. Stumbling Hmm. across Fanat back in the day was one of the best things I've ever done. Keep up the truly awesome work, my friend, the Scottish New Guard. But see, we have people that are joining the New Guard that are kind of these fight club members. They're sort of like, you know, they want action. They're action-oriented. They want to do stuff. They want to do things differently. That's it. They don't want to do it in a mean-spirited way. They don't want to bash people like Kevin Randall and people like Bill Burns and, and some of the heroes of ufology. I mean, geez, if you read Day After Roswell, I mean, that was a game-changing book. It was a 
fantastic. You put that book down, you're like, oh my god, I have to give this book to somebody to read immediately who's a skeptic. Am I right? You're correct. So, yeah. I just wanted to get that out there before you talk about Kevin, because I know he's thrown around this bit about being sort of made fun of for being an old older guy, and some of the MUFON guys that I've met with out here in Portland, I can talk to you about them afterwards, but talk to us about Kevin Randall. I hope everyone understands what the new guard represents now, including Kevin, if he's listening. Well, I'm pretty sure he does understand it, and, and you know, having spoken to him on the show is just the fact that, you know, the, this is one of the guys who has the most credibility of all the researchers that have come out in the last 20, 30 years. I mean, the guy was a Vietnam War veteran. He was yeah. he served in the Gulf War. The, you know, the, the credibility factor on this gentleman is amazing. And he's not one of these guys who's saying, okay, yeah, well, I saw aliens and I saw them and I saw this and I saw that. No, no, he's reporting facts as he knows them. That's all he's doing, and that's all he's done in his books. Now, one of the issues that he has uh, has encountered, actually, in the last several years has been the fact that he's also written science fiction work, and some of the detractors have thrown that in his face, saying, oh, well, you've been, you know, you've been a science fiction writer for how many years now? You know, this whole ufologist thing. Yeah, he's, he's done science fiction books also, and that's one you of the things. Just, you were just uh, criticizing, not in a negative way, but you were making a point of that with Streber when we were talking offline yeah. the other night. Yes, yes, indeed I was. Indeed, I was, and that's something that you know. It's it's true to you know. It's true to life. Uh, you have to look take that into consideration. A person who is a, you know sci-fi writer that starts writing about UFOs and aliens and all kinds of other stuff and alien contact and all kinds of things you know of that nature. You have to look at it and scrutinize it just a little bit. But here's the thing: with Willie Streber, what he's talking about is a little bit different than what Kevin Randall's talking about. Kevin Randall's coming out with reported sightings or, you know, talking about Roswell and interviewing folks that were actually at Roswell. You know, those are the type of books that he's putting out. At no point has Kevin Randall come out saying, well, I was abducted by little gray beings and uh, they probed me. You know, that... Okay. That has come out of his mouth, you know what I mean? So the information that's coming out of of the man is a little bit different than what came out of Streber. Uh, Streber, you you know... you did uh, two two hours with this guy, commercial free, correct? That is correct. Yes. Okay, so let me ask you this: uh, What was the most compelling thing that you think, or some of the more compelling things that came out of his mouth during that two-hour period? Honestly, you know, the most compelling stuff that came out of uh, his mouth uh, was the fact that there's been reported crashes in the last few years that I don't think anybody has heard about. Uh, there was a, a crash just in 2009. Can't remember the exact details. I have to go back and re-listen to the audio, but it was just in 2009. There was a, a reported crash. I didn't know about that. Did you know there was a UFO crash in 2009? No, I want to hear all about it. Yeah, so go back to the archive and listen to that because he talked a little <laughs> bit about that. <laughs> Why can't you tell me now? Damn it! <laughs> no, because I want the audio hit on my radio. Oh, great. <laughs> Now I have to do that at 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, I don't have enough on my plate. You know what's yes. really funny is, well, <laughs> it sounds like a good interview. And like I said, I'm glad you brought up Kevin because I saw an article that he wrote recently. I think it was in UFO Magazine. But he talked about this sort of, uh, how did he refer to it, Jackal? That they were being called old fogies or something? Yeah, old fogies, uh, geezers, I guess. You know, old geezers. Geezers. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah. Thank you. And... If that's coming from somewhere else, that's I'm sure it is probably, but it sure is not coming from my radio show, and I look at those guys with the utmost respect. What I don't respect, and this has nothing to do with age. Again, I met with the local Portland MUFON folks out here when I got to town, 
because I was mm -hmm. excited about getting in in bed with them. Uh, it's kind of a bad way yeah. to say it, but oh yeah. The point Especially being, here I am, of, yeah. this LA yeah, guy moving to Portland, starting up this local hmm. UFO show on a very right wing network, which I'm still sort of wondering why they took me on, but they did. And I asked them to come on the show recently, and they declined. Now, you tell me. <laughs> I thought this was absolutely bizarre. You tell me. Portland's a small city, okay? There's not that many folks that are like-minded and are willing to go out on a limb and say, yeah, I'm into ufology and such. But obviously the mutual UFO network would be one of them. Then here comes this kid that actually takes his own resources and starts a UFO program on the dial on one of the bigger stations in town and like I said I get, I get more fans from being broke I don't know why that is but if you stay broke people think you have more credibility apparently as soon as you have a dollar to pay the rent people call you a sellout so it's yes, true stay, yeah, it's true. Stay, <laughs> right so stay broke I guess is my uh, advice to anyone who really wants to get a lot of fans because apparently the broker I get the more fans I get it's a strange equation going on. Uh, how so by the, Drake, Frank by, Drake might have invented it or something. But So by the time you're homeless living in the streets, you're going to be really, <laughs> really famous. Dude, totally. I'm telling you. It's, they're going to like you know come and get my pets. I'm going to lose my girlfriend. My little Ford Focus out there is going to fall apart again. And I am going to be the biggest guy in radio. Well, it serves you right. You bought a Ford Focus. Jeez. Hey, look. It's cool. Anyways, I love my <laughs> It's gunmetal gray. But the point being nice. is this. MUFON turns me down. And they said they wouldn't come on the program because they thought I was going to want to talk to them about politics within the MUFON organization. Now, everybody knows that recently, not that long ago, MUFON's had all kinds of shakeups and people leaving from their hierarchy. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, one of them run, wrote somewhat of a little manifesto about the fact that he thought that uh, they had been compromised, their principles. Okay? And that Bob Bigelow, of course, everybody knows the millionaire slash billionaire that secretly funds and sometimes not secretly UFO-related projects, paranormal-related projects. Um that he had sort of compromised MUFON by supporting them financially and thus kind of changing the rules on th how things were done and that people were rolling over and basically saying, yes, sir, whatever you want, in an Uncle Tom kind of fashion, what, what have you. So they've had all kinds of shakeups. Now, that's worth talking about. They wouldn't come on, and I just think that's silly. You know, you got to have some brass ones once in a while and be willing to talk. That's where I go back to Dan Burrish, my Australian Facebook friend today, and Andrew Basaggio. These guys got to go. come on and talk. They got, If they're afraid and they're only going to go on Alfred Weber's show or anybody else's show where they're just going to go, yeah, that's cool, that's, that's interesting, and then that's the end of it. Well, that's not what the audience wants. They want people to ask questions that are tough. They don't necessarily have to attack them. Nobody steps on a landmine on my show when they walk in the door, but I'm going to do my homework, and I'm going to ask you to try to point out what the hell's going on and to try to back up some of these major claims so that I can help you with your cause. You know what I'm saying? Completely understand that, and that's the exact same way I feel. Uh, the problem is a lot of these folks, you know, are afraid 
at some of the questions that are going to be thrown their way. They're afraid of the tough questions. Sad but true. Talk about tough questions. We've got a very important question in the chat room that I want to address, which is from Cyanide. This is a a fan of yours, I believe. A fan Um, of ours, actually. Good friend, too. He's a fan of ours. He's supposed to be fixing my Xbox. I don't know what the hell is going on with it. He's in. Uh, he's apparently in the Netherlands. This gentleman, although every time I see him on video, he's in bed, and that probably wasn't the right thing. It to might say. be. It might be a medical condition. You never know, man. I didn't think about that. Maybe he's on disability. You're rude, but here, man. Here's his question. He says, "Do you go to bed with socks on?" Do you want to take that first? Huh? Do I go to bed with socks on? I go to bed bucket naked. Ay, ay, ay. TMI. As uh, Bernie Mac would say. Okay, well, it, I'll make it a little more confusing. I do go to bed with socks on, and then I usually get hot, and I try to take them off with my feet, and I end up really kind of... Sometimes I scratch myself with my toes and my toenail, and it's really stupid. So, Well, wow, this was go. going south. I'm fine answering now, the how's how is that even remotely a tough question or interesting question or remotely? It was the chat room question. If someone else that was the up... chat room question. That, that was the that's chat the room best. Question. That is the best that this lively <laughs> chat room can come up with. Do you go I'm to bed telling. with your socks on? If this is the best we can do, then we're just not going to address any more chat room questions, guys. Because you got to come up with something <laughs> better than that. I know. I'm telling you, this is crazy. You know what else? I. Switching topics, I decided to promote the Roswell event uh, this July. Finally, on my, good. On my program the other night because, and here's why: they didn't pay me. I they didn't pay for like a promo, which would have been nice. Um, but I just felt bad for them, you know. Like I just feel like that thing is really going downhill, and I feel yes, like it it's going to go away soon. So, if you guys haven't been to the Roswell festival which is, I believe, July, I think it's one through four. Um, You should try to support it if you can. It's a pain in the ass to get there, but the town is really nice. The people are sweet. And if you really believe there's validity to that particular case, it's almost like the Holocaust. If you don't keep talking about it, history, it it might happen again, obviously, right? It's a terrible thing, but we have to consistently teach people about it. Roswell will be forgotten if we don't support things like this and I know there's some other things that people have been bringing to my attention this week Jackal with relation to being broke and how people are making money off this and that and we've had some controversy uh, between each other on that and I thought it would be interesting to bring up a few that I have issues with that I'm sure you'd probably be happy to hear one is the James Gilliland enlightened contact conference which one is this i have it right here hold on it is the ecti which stands for enlightened contact with extraterrestrial intelligence okay he has a conference going on there which is in mount adams washington not too far from me and sure enough it's like 300 bucks to go to this thing Jeez. and yeah I mean, with the wow. economy the way it is, I mean, guys, I mean, let's be serious here. Then they wonder why they only draw like 20 people, 30 people a night. Well, here's the deal. Uh, this is their 2010 Science, Spirit, and World Transformation Conference, July 2 through 5. And he's saying it's sold out. 
Now wow, here's the really? list. Here, yeah, here's the list of speakers. I'm gonna bring it up here. Now keep in mind, I wanted to go to this again because I'm a very successful <laughs> ufology radio host. <laughs> I'm broke, so I think I just got ten more fans. I'm broke. Yeah. There's, there's another twenty fan. more. I can't even get a taco tonight. There's another ten. Here's see what we got. What we got to start doing is we got to go to Taco Bell. And tell them, look, we, we have radio shows. We're gonna we're gonna talk about you guys every night, but we want free tacos for dinner I every know. night. Well, here, here's I'll, who's, I'll live with that. This thing is in my backyard, Trout Lake, Washington. Okay, I have wanted to go here, and let's keep in mind, James Gilliland. If you're not familiar, this is the guy who owns the ranch in Mountain Adams, Washington, that supposedly sees UFOs on a nightly basis and orbs and all kinds of paranormal type stuff, and uh, you know, that would he sees stuff that would make Stan Romanek jump out of his pants, okay? Um, supposedly. Anyways, I wanted to go up there, and then out of nowhere, a few months back, James Gilliland puts out this email saying he's done with ufology because it's too factioned, and it's too corrupted, and it's too full of charlatans and alike, and he's done with it. And... I had interviewed this this guy, and he was nice enough guy. He was really cool, and I was planning on going up there. And now I look at this conference, and I'm like, 300 bucks? Are you kidding me? Uh, if this thing sold out, Jackal, what's the profit margin? You know what I'm saying? Huh. I'll so tell you what. I was a what. little disappointed. Profit margin must be pretty darn good. Well, uh, look who's on if, this if it's sold out. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Depends how many. Oh, hold folks. on. I'm sorry. It was two hundred and seventy-nine dollars before July first, and three hundred dollars after July first. Okay. But now you can't even get a ticket, and that only is uh, that's only if uh, keep in mind you're you're going to Mount Washington, so you have to figure out lodging and food. That's not part of the deal. And if you want to sleep on his property, it's another twenty-five dollars per night just to put a tent up. Now here's who's speaking. Um, the people that I know and care about. The other people I don't know. It doesn't mean I don't think that. Just, just keep keep that thought. It's top of the hour. Let's take a little break here, and uh, we'll be right back in the Clark Radio Network, and uh, we'll get to the list of the people going to be attending this event. Brave men and women in our nation's armed forces made a commitment to protect us and our freedoms. Many will come home with missing limbs, severe burns, or traumatic brain injuries. The Wounded Warrior Project was created to help and support these injured heroes through programs and services that help make their recoveries easier. Regardless of your position on the war, our injured veterans deserve our support. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. Would it be crazy if you packed your bags and left for a week, a month, a year? What if you left for two years? 
What if you were going far away to help in a village on the edge of the Gobi Desert? To spend time with people the rest of the world only reads about? To teach children and learn a thing or two about yourself? Would that be crazy? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. And we're back on Skywatchers Radio with myself and Jesse Randolph. Now, let's get to this list of the folks who are going to be attending this event, Jesse, because I'm, I'm intrigued yeah. to find out how the heck these guys are going to be able to cover having a guest list that, you know, from your uh, observation here, seems to be a little fancy on the uh, names. So well, I'm well, sure these folks are charging them a pretty penny to be there. So who are, who's on this list? First of all, what I, I'm more interested in is who's going to this thing. So, for instance... He's saying it's sold out the 2nd through the 5th, okay? That's four days. He's saying it's sold out. So is that 100 people? Is that 200 people? I have no idea. But what I want to know is, after watching this James Arthur Ray debacle where he sweat lodged, cooked people to death. Remember the guy from The Secret? Oh, yeah. Who's uh, yeah. on charges now for manslaughter or something like that and hopefully gets convicted. Creep. Yep. He charged people $10,000 for that. You want to get cooked by a, a snake oil freak? Yeah, ten grand to go to Sedona and go into a oven baked sweat lodge where you will die. That's what happened to what three people? Anyways, what I want to know is if anybody's going to this thing, I want you to call in. That's who I want to speak to. Who is paying? Who is paying three hundred dollars to go to this? We've got William Henry, who's been on my program. He's very good. He does. Um, uh, unknown country sometimes Whitley's program on Sundays. We've got James right. Gilliland, of course. We got Alfred Weber. Now Jamie, uh, isn't he interviewing him tonight? He can find out. Um, Is he got, interviewing uh, Alfred Weber tonight, Jamie? I think so. Is that his like guest? I, that, I think I thought I saw it in the chat room. Oh well, yeah. Everybody, stick around for that. Florida UFOs right after Skywatchers Radio with Jamie Havican, and maybe Alfred Weber. Yeah, not too sure that's then his guest, but that'd be cool. Paula Harris. Okay. Um, she's been on my program numerous times, and she's very cool. Dolores Cannon, she's been on the program. Um, then there's a bunch of people that I, like I said, I don't recognize. It doesn't mean they're not terrific. But, you know, they've got some quality people coming down. The point is, Brooks Agnew sounds familiar. The point is, is that the normal average Joe, I don't know how you would be able to afford what I could see is going to cost you at least $500. If you're going to sleep in your car or if you're going to sleep in a tent on James's property, where <laughs> I don't know about anybody here, but if you want to know the weather right now, it's still cold, believe it or not, and rainy in uh, June in Portland here. So you're going to be sleeping on some pretty wet grass. But not only that, then I spoke to my news correspondent, my new one, Sandy Fleming, and I find out that the, the David Wilcock lecture going on in Los Angeles is about $150 to get in to see him. Okay? And here's a guy that we've talked about before. I haven't had him on the program. I'm trying to get him on. Everybody says, well, he's really difficult. Well, yeah, I, I, th I would think it would be really difficult when there's no accountability. We've talked about this, which I think is a big problem. People make miraculous claims, and they don't get held accountable when the claims don't come to fruition. Case in point, this 
debacle about Wilcox saying there, he knew the time and place, apparently, of a scheduled press conference where Barack Obama was going to come on stage and introduce the world to the alien presence a la via a humanoid extraterrestrial being on the platform with him. Are you are you hip to this? Do you know you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, continue. Yeah, I know. Okay. So when I heard about this, all I could think of is okay, when this doesn't happen, are people <laughs> going to stop buying this guy's stuff and say, Hey, that was a load of crap and that wasn't very cool and a la blossom good child and move on. That's obviously not the case. Next case in point was Bashar. If you're not familiar with Bashar, he is a guy by the name of Daryl Anka, who is a channeler. Channeling is the process of being able to utilize your body as a vessel where an entity can possess it to communicate with us. Easy enough, but I've gone to see Bashar in person in Los Angeles. He's very entertaining. He does this sort of... Uh, he comes on stage as Daryl Anka, and he's, he's all chill, and then he, he says, okay, Bashar's going to take me over now, and then he has this sort of f epileptic fit, and then all of a sudden he's breathing like Darth Vader, right? The cool part is that he's got a lot of neat information, and he's very entertaining to talk to. To get into his thing is a fortune. I don't remember the exact details, but my news correspondent, who is very pure, Sandy Fleming, she's outraged by this too. It, in, a, in a recession, guys, if your purpose is to get information out, you should not be charging these kind of prices. Jackal, am I right? Absolutely correct. 100%. I agree with you. I mean, geez, I'm getting enough heat from people trying to charge, what, $2 for one of my archives so that I can keep my lights on? Wait, I just got another 10 list of uh, fans. Ching. Shut the and lights another, off. And a new member to your membership area. But no, yeah. listen, I, I, I completely agree with you, and I've been saying this for a long time, that the information itself should be free because if you're trying to get the gospel, the truth, out to the masses, how dare you charge them to find out what the truth is? Well, hold on. I, mean, how, I don't I mean, agree that's with just, that. Now, no, here's the, here's, the, here's the difference. It, now, if you are a person who's you know put information out and information that you feel is truth, you're going to reap your rewards at the end anyway because a lot of these folks who come up with you know information that is truthful like travis walton got a movie deal out of it and they made a movie out of it so he made some money off of that he got a book deal out of it he makes some money off of that also and he still so, makes money by doing and he's still making money i just that saw him at, at mcminnville but the good thing about travis walton and folks like him is that he still takes the time to go on these kind of shows for free and talk about his case and his story he doesn't try to these kind of I th let's let's just make the distinction here you might think it needs to be free. I don't think it needs to be free. I just don't think it needs to be astronomical. Okay? I mean, we're talking about the same price to, like, go see, uh, you know, an Eagles concert or something like that, which is ridiculous. And that's just all about capitalists making profit. I mean, they're not trying to get a message across. They make music and they sell it. They're not trying to, you know, try to mask what they do. They're not sitting here going, well, it's really important that we get it to the people. But these guys are, like you said. So, okay, you have to cover expenses. Gotcha. You have to cover the cost of food and travel and all that stuff. Gotcha. You want to make money to a certain degree so that you can live and do your thing. Gotcha. But these prices sound astronomical to me because, like I said, if I can't afford it, that means a lot of people can't afford it because I'm a middle-class guy. Mm-hmm. 
I, well, I'm, I'm reaching towards the, well. <laughs> the bottom end. Of the Let's be honest here. Yeah. When I, when I, when I switched <laughs> career. There's a new definition for middle class. There's the yeah. Jesse Randolph middle class. <laughs> I know. Maybe I should put. I should scan all my bills and put them online. I'll get so many fans. How many fourth notices I've gotten like in the past month? Maybe that'll help. I don't know. But people really dig the fact that I don't have money. I get emails about it. They think there's more credibility in my message. First of all, I don't have a message per se. I am a vessel just like you are. Right. And I seek out people like researchers and alike to tell their message. And that's why I said with Dan Burrish and Bassagio or Bassagio. 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 Now, look, you know, let's segue a little bit here because, you know, this is interesting. You know, you sure. are a vessel. Your show is a vessel. My show, our show is a vessel. Uh, Skywatchers here, we're a vessel to get information out to the masses. Uh, and, you know, what a lot of these shows do is we speak to people that have stuff to sell. You know, books, DVDs, whatever, a story, if they just want to get their story out to the public. That's what we kind of do here. We, you know, we listen and we inform the public with other folks who have, you know, information to give to the public. Uh, one person in particular we, you know, that we both spoke about this week was Michael Horn and the Billy Meyer case. And that's oh a boy. case that is, yeah, that's a case that, you know, you and I, we, we got a little bit into it. Other folks have gotten into it, and it's a, a controversial case. Yeah, we got into it. You almost, like, it's set a, out your henchmen to get me over that case. Hey, we, we, don't, we don't talk about my henchmen in public. That's, <laughs> <laughs> people are going to take you seriously now. Shh. All right, guys, guys, guys calm down. He's, he's only playing. <laughs> I'm serious. No. No, but this, look, this, in, this in, in a serious... And, and, and the reason I'm bringing this up, like in, in a serious world, uh, where you know what we're doing is we're trying to get information out to the public, and we're trying to help folks who have information to put out to the public to get it out to the public. That's kind of what we're here for. But a lot of the information, like the Michael Horns of the world, that are putting information out there to make more than just a buck, because it's really you know his information at the end of the day is all monetary, you know, monetary gain based. He's trying to sell not only a story, a product, he's trying to sell something that is cult-like in a sense. So it's more of a movement that he's trying to also sell. That's kind of scary, if you ask me. So we have to, I think, take a little bit of a judgment of the type of folks that we put on air or the type of folks that we, you know, speak to when it comes well, to these kind of subjects. Because that's a little scary because, you know, not, when you talk about not only selling a book or a DVD, talking about a person who literally has an entire movement the billy meyer case has an entire movement behind it there are a lot of folks that are involved in the billy meyer case use the word you want to use already you just cult use the word following it's, it's a, a religion following. right it's, it's, a, it's yeah it's, it is it's a cult following right but we can't get away with that with this belief system if you partake and you're a believer in ufology okay in the ancient astronaut theory which has been so popular. I can't believe. I was just down at the copy shop today getting some of these sexy new headshots of me made up. And I had 35 cents to spend on a couple of copies, believe it or not. Because That's amazing. I'm so yeah. But anyway, did you have, the point did is you have this. Did you have company at the coffee house? Or no? No. I'd oh, okay. <laughs> the point is this. <laughs> The, the product that has resonated with the most people in the past ye year at least, if not five years, has been this History Channel Ancient Aliens series with my good friend Giorgio Tukalos, as everyone knows, the guy with the crazy hair, the 
he's probably got more patchouli groupies than you've ever seen in your life at this point. This series, not only was it really well done, but it obviously got the layman excited about ufology again, which is terrific. And so I was really excited. Did you enjoy that series, by the way? You know what? I'm going to be truthful and honest here. I have not even seen it. Okay. Well, anyone who hasn't seen this, if you're a believer in this subject, and what I'm trying to get at is that it, it does blend into a religion. It's hard mm -hmm. to take away from that because it alters the way that you look at mainstream religion, politics, belief systems in general, how we got here, why we're here. Those things are, you know, the million-dollar questions, folks, right? So if you start believing that we were seeded, possibly, by ancient aliens, how is that not going to alter your religious beliefs? No, it completely does. It completely does. But here's the thing. You know, what we're talking about Michael Horn and Billy Meyer uh, and their religious aspect of what they're talking about or what they're trying to push on the public. Uh the religious, you know, the religious aspect doesn't really bother me so much because I don't really believe their case. Uh, I, I, what I'm afraid of is the folks that are getting brainwashed by them. That's really my fear. But hold on, let is, me, is the, let me the, the entire explain. brainwashing that's going on. And, let me and here, explain here, my and difference. Here, okay, I have a question for you actually, but go ahead and explain your difference. And I'm going to ask you. Well, a okay, I just want to put a couple of facts out there for people. Number one, a cult to me, and I know this because. My, a distant relative was actually a cult programmer, ex-Vietnam vet, and the guy was arrested a few times because there's actually a very gray area when the family hires a person like this gentleman to steal their child back from a cult because if they're over 18, he can actually go to jail for kidnapping, right? So right. very strange uh, occupation you could imagine. The point is this. He tried to teach me about cults, and I think I'm a pretty intelligent guy where I couldn't get sucked into a cult. Anyone can. But the difference between something like Meyer, where people are slapping cult on it, and the negative scary cults like, you know, Heaven's Gate and stuff like that, is that with those kind of cults, they're making people do things that are harmful to each other or that are harmful to society. It's usually just harmful to their own well-being, a la suicide. Um, so I think there's a, yeah, there's a it, distinction that you have to make there when you say Jesse, this. not really, not really, and this is why because listen, the Meyer case uh, is very similar to the Heaven's Gate movement. They believe that there's going to be an alien ship that's going to come and pick up everybody from the Earth and take him out of here. And I believe, and this is just my personal opinion, guys, this is my theory on the Billy Meyer case. I believe when the time comes near that he feels that the spaceship is going to come around. He is going to get his cult-like movement, and he's going to tell them, okay, they're going to come. And now, like Heaven's Gate, you're going to have a bunch of dead idiots who killed themselves thinking they're going to go on a ship. Well, I think you're reaching there because I haven't seen any – I could be wrong because I haven't seen any literature. And I went to the screening of The Silent Revolution of Truth, which was Michael Horn's documentary. I went to it in Los Angeles at a small art gallery in West Los Angeles. And – not only did I ask some pretty tough questions because in the middle of the film unfortunately they had some AV problems so he felt a little uh, strange about that and he jumped, uh, jumped to damage control and we started opening up the floor to questions. Here's what right. I did find. I didn't see anybody there being asked to donate which is very cult-like and negative. I didn't see anyone trying to recruit anyone. Okay? 
these those are two biggies right there. I didn't see a message involving um, some sort of time frame where certain people have to do things. I just saw a people with a certain belief in a case. And I will tell you this. I don't believe Michael Horn is making a fortune off of his film. And I don't believe he's making a fortune off of Billy Meyer. Whether or not you believe that the story is bullshit or not, I just don't think that he is. And, and that's just going from what I've seen with my own eyes and from talking to him and interviewing him. Whether or not you think that he's absolutely... Okay, now, here's, here's the thing. And the reason that I, that I bring this up is because recently Michael Horn was on Land Lamb Fear's show on Overnight AM. And Land, you know, started asking him the tough questions. He started asking him uh, things that had to do with the actual evidence that Billy Meyer has put out, the actual video for evidence, the photographic evidence, and he started to pick it apart on air, and, you know, Michael Horn, who is a very nice guy off air, you know, I've spoken to him once before off air, yeah. uh, he, he's a very nice gentleman, but he couldn't answer correctly anything, he kept circle talking, and then, at, you know, half, I think it was like an hour and a half into it, he just hung up on, uh, on Land Lamp Fear, and, you know, left him there, you know, without a without a guest on the show. He just hung up on him. He couldn't answer correctly any questions that would prove a single iota of anything that he was saying. And now, yes, granted, they're not trying to sell uh, at this premiere for this film. They weren't trying to sell on the cult-like movement, but the information in the film itself is indoctrinating because anybody who watches this film is going to go away believing it and is going to go and buy a book from Michael Horn or is going to go buy a, you know, a DVD of Billy Meyer or Why? is going to go buy this movie Why because they're going to they get interested. Why are they because definitely they going to go buy it? Well, let's say 100 people watch the movie. Out of that 100, at least a few of them are going to go buy it. Just like whenever there's a show on Coast to Coast or Overnight AM or on Sky Watchers or any of the big shows out here that deal with ufology, whenever a big guest comes out on one of these shows, guess what? If he has a book to sell, he's going to sell a few books. I've had guests who've been on my show, and they've told me the next okay. day, wow, I sold 10 books last night. It must have been because of your show. Okay. So they do make money. I understand that. I'm sure that they do make some money. But here's then you should be just as upset about the following. And this is why I don't put them... Would you consider John Edward, the psychic channel uh, guy who speaks to dead people, um, would you consider him a cult? I consider him a charlatan, a fraud, okay. now, and hold many on. other things. But you do not consider him a cult. I'm not trying to put you on the witness stand. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. I don't think John Edward is real. My gut tells me it's not true. I don't know why. But that's just where my gut goes. I don't have any proof of that. I think there's been a few exposés that have been marginal on whether or not some of the producers go around and talk to the audience beforehand. Right. But well, I mean, all these this. psychics are all, all these psychics are, are nothing but bonkers, man. All, all of them. Miss Cleo. Well, that's, that's your opinion, and, and you're entitled Sil to it. Sylvia Brown. I mean, all, the the, all these folks, make your point, but all these folks are kind of loony. You know what I mean? Okay, and, and you're entitled to that, that position. I don't... I don't have the same position. That's okay. My point is this. With John Edward, I made a decision. I analyzed what he's doing. And I said, is this person dangerous for society? All the messages that John Edward gives people when they come there are positive and help them to move on because they feel as though they have talked to uh, a loved one that has passed. So at the end of the day, the people that are leaving are feeling like they got a weight off their shoulders or they're feeling enlightened or something of that now john edward makes a fortune okay that guy is raking in the cash i know oh, about yeah. this because i go on after a guy named 
Steve Godfrey that's a nationally syndicated program called The Other Side every Saturday night. And he's very similar to John Edward. He does the same shtick. I don't even know if he's legitimate or not. It doesn't matter. The point is these guys write books. They make money. You're not calling them a cult, but you're calling the Billy Meyer stuff a cult. So I don't understand the difference. Well, no, hey, you, you didn't give me a chance to tell you that I do think John sure. Edwards has a cult-like movement. He does. Oh, okay, so, so you do not a, Not a problem. Yeah, not a, no doubt on that whatsoever. Anybody who, look, anybody who has a following, Oprah has a cult-like movement, for crying out loud. She does, because she has millions of women brainwashed around the world that buy her books when she tells them, all right, this is the book of the month, and they go and they buy the book. So she has a cult-like following. Yeah, this I, is the I, point I, I'm trying to tell you. Just about anybody who's in the media spotlight, who has millions of people that follow them, whether they're famous celebrities or whether they're a guy in Switzerland missing an arm who's faking UFO stuff, they're going to have a cult following. But the message is the difference, Jesse. That's the problem. John Edwards is not telling any, any, anybody that UFOs are going to come and take us from the planet Earth. And, you know, when that day comes, then more information is going to be revealed. He's not doing that. What John Edwards, he's what? a complete charlatan. I agree with you 100%. All he is I doing is to- lying to people about other things. I have to jump in here and, and say that I think we're both right to a certain degree, and I'll tell you why. I think we are. Because the old... We agree. Oh, man. The we agree. overall definition of what a cult is refers to exactly what you're talking about. So you're 100% right, which is a group whose beliefs or practices are reasonably considered strange. Now, I guess you can loop Oprah in with that for sure. Oh, yeah. Then the 20th century takes the word, and of course it got a negative connotation to it because the cults were becoming what I'm talking about, which are now referred to, when you think of cult, as exploitive and possibly dangerous. Okay? A la Heaven's Gate or one of these other suicide-style nut job folks that make people give up their children and their finances and eventually their lives so i think we're both right to a certain degree and i'm not trying to defend michael horn i'm not trying to defend billy meyer i'm just trying to put a message out there to folks if there is a message for all that's been said tonight that if you really do have a message to get out within ufology exopolitics on a massive scale and you think it's that important that you should be charging a price for your seminars and your lectures and your books and such that are reasonably priced so that the average person can get a hold of the information at this point. I guess that's where I'm going with it, you know? We're going to have to leave it there, Jesse. I, you know, I think that for once on Skywatchers Radio, you and I ended a show agreeing on something. I can't believe it. Amazing. And we'll be back tomorrow night, guys, on Clark Radio Network right here talking about the stuff that you guys want to hear about, ufology, UFOs, and we're going to have Jeff Worldwide this week on the show so stick around for that guys stick around for uh, Jamie's show next Florida UFOs with Jamie Havican which is a fantastic show may I add if I may add myself so anyway guys we're out of here Skywatchers out take care everyone take care everybody goodbye Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time Feel alive, alive, alive. And the